This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. We're good? Mm-hmm. Good sound? Yep. Sound everywhere is good? I think so. Perfect. It's a very official way to talk into the mic. You kind of get close yes. and you get intimate with the microphone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, welcome. Today is also a vlog. Today we're talking about the sexiest word in real estate. And I mean sexy. Woo-woo. Anyone want to take a run at what that is? Flipping. Well, of course it is. We've rehearsed <laughs> Is it <laughs> flipping or flipping? Flipping. House flipping. Flipping. So the image, the image I get when I think of house flip is buying a house. I'm going to give you the HDTV version. Uh, running through it with a contractor, picking out pretty paint colors and flooring tile and a new countertop and maybe like punching a hole in a wall and sticking a new window in that gives you the view of the palm trees in the background. And then your realtor comes and puts a really big sticker price on it and everybody goes home with money in their pockets. Yes. And that all happens in half an hour. In 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 22 minutes with three commercial breaks. Yes. Okay. So that's not realistic. But the idea of flipping a house is super, super sexy and I, the purpose of this podcast today is to enlighten you on the mechanics of the flip and give you a little bit of an insider's perspective on house flipping. Awesome. Does that work? You're going to introduce yourselves? Do you want us to introduce ourselves? Yes. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you absolutely know who we are. Yes. We're the Kamloops Insider team. All right. Starting with Emma. Hi. You, you can see her hand on the, on the video. <laughs> and we have Ali Carroll, the Argentinian Good. house flipper. <laughs> I like Asterix. I, I like that. And we'll I talk about that. I was going to say fireball. Fireball? For sure. Yeah, that one too. <laughs> What's the languages you speak again? Spanish. Yes. Italian. Italian. Very well, I think. Uh, French with a bottle of French when, wine. With wine, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, wine. Right. Um, and Spanish and English sometimes. I'm ESL, so if I say anything wrong, I have an excuse. Okay. So that's awesome for clients. Yeah. Yeah. But not if you're just an English-speaking client. Well. But if you do have those language barriers and you're moving to Kamloops, look us up, Kamloops Insider Team. we got some realtors on board here. they got some language benefits. And I love speaking in the other languages and being corrected. And I make la- words up, too. We love listening to it. Which is the fun part of it. I make words up. We have our own Wikipedia yes. for the Countless Insider. <laughs> <It does. laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got Philippa. Hi. Philippa Thiessen. Hi. We're all actually realtors at Royal LePage Westwood Realty, and we just thought we'd throw that out there just in case. You haven't introduced yourself. Well, everyone knows. I'm Parker Bennett from Royal LePage Westwood Realty <laughs> and the head of the Kamloops Insider podcast and bringing it to you live. Okay, let's just jump into this. Enough okay. fooling around. It yes, is casual so. day, by the way. Fridays are casual day. I guess so. Last week we were out by the dumpster. Today we're out at, we're inside. It's, it's supposed <laughs> it's to cloudy. rain. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to rain today. All right, the sexiest word in real estate, uh, house flipping. So the image that you get if you're watching, you know, reality TV is that this house flipping process can be done by anybody. And I truly believe it can. But there are limitations. There's pitfalls. And there's a very thin line between making money and, 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 maybe breaking even and spending a lot of accelerated emotion, uh, a lot of overhead, um, a lot of risk, 
And I think you can eliminate a lot of that if you do a little bit of self-reflection and understand what the process of a house flip is. Can you handle it? Are you ready for a house flip? Do you have the tools in your belt to be able to pull off a proper house flip? And do you have the guts to do it? Mindset. Yeah, mindset. That's a huge one, huge. right? Yep. We were talking about that. Yeah. You so be able to control the ups and downs, emotional. I say it because I'm not that type. Right. It's harder for me in my own uh, self to be able to have my house in a big mess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if you're buying mm-hmm. a property and you're under the impression that... Um, you're going to tear half of it down to make it this palace, you know, can you stomach that process, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and we do have experience in this room for flipping. Yeah. I've done it. I've done it in the pro and in the bad. So I have the bad to, to, to guide me along the process. Me too. Right. Yeah. Um, I work with several clients that house flip and, um, some do it really well. Some have the right approach. Some don't. I think, Starting off this conversation on house flipping, I think we want to look at the last podcast we had. We talked about the value of of getting your own real estate agent to represent you. And I think I would start off this conversation by saying if you're buying a house with the idea to flip it, using a listing realtor, chasing the listing agent around is the worst thing you can do because there's no vested relationship in that transaction. And in most cases, I would think all the cases I've been involved in, the realtor that helps me buy the property is the agent I want to list it. And so he is going to have, he or she, sorry, um, is going to have to be able to give you the right reflected number before you flip it as to what we're going to sell it for and what that profit margin is going to be. And he's going to be taking on, or she is going to be taking on some (laughs) responsibility uh, when they relist it, that the number that was given is the correct number. Otherwise, you're going to have a sour face. Absolutely. Right? And that realtor, hopefully, is going to be hunting for you. You caught my attention with the word hunting. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a different kind of hunting. We know how I, you like hunting. I think yes. the loyalty factor is there, right? So yeah. Yeah. If, if I got 15 clients and they're all like, hey, Parker, go find me a house. And I know three of them will buy with whoever's in front of them at that p- perspective time. The, the, the one client that is going to like stick it out with me, who's willing to go view properties on a spur of a dime, who has intentions on purchasing and, and selling with me, and I'm just going to be loyal to them. I want them to be loyal to me. Right. Right. So, yeah. and when I know of a property that's coming on the market that has the potential for a flip, or if at 7.30 in the morning, one comes on the market and I know it's got, you know, the perspective potential to be a, f- a flipped house, who's, who, who do I call first, right? Absolutely, yeah. I, mean, I can remember listing a property that was an excellent flip, and the, the person who, who I approached first indicated to me that they wanted me to reduce all my commissions out of it to help them buy it better. But don't worry, he was going to sell with me. And so where's the loyalty in that? And I, you know, like this is our bread and butter. This is how we make our living. But just the idea of that is is reflected in such a way that, you know, I kind of wish I phoned someone else first. Right. Right? Yeah. 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 So now we've got the loyalty thing figured out. Let's let's look at the process 
from start to finish on what it would be like to flip a house. Okay. You need to have a plan. You got to have a business plan. Yep. So it's really great on a Friday afternoon to finish up a, a, an episode of Flip This House, million dollar listing, and then take it right into opening up MLS and starting to comb properties and, and phoning realtors about looking at a property. On a whim, yucky. You need to have a business plan. It's got to be where's the cash. It's yeah. got to be what's what's the end game going to look like. Um, Time frame. And you're, you're going to need to involve your real estate agent right away mm-hmm. because they're going to have numbers and they're going to have ideas that are going to start the process off skipping a whole bunch of work right out front. Right. Um, I don't want to go into all the mechanics of the business plan because I could probably talk for two hours on it because it gets really detailed. You said we're keeping this one short. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> but I think, I think a lot of people don't realize, and this is where the value is in the podcast is that the, the majority of the flip is done online. Yeah. You're not really looking at hundreds of properties because the numbers can work themselves out really quickly before you ever step foot yeah. uh, into a house. Yeah. So get with your realtor, sit down and look at the properties online. What's right. your budget? Right. What do you want to get out of it? Yeah. And uh, make the difference. How And what are you going to spend? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you mm-hmm. look at subdivision specific, there's subdivisions that just don't allow for properties to, to reach a certain number. Yeah. They have limitations on what they can do. Right. Uh, there's limitations on square footage. There's limitations on uh, characteristics of the neighborhood. Um, and you're never going to get, you know, X number above mm-hmm. whatever in certain houses and in certain subdivisions. Yeah. So that's where that yep. process needs to start, right? Like, am I going to be able to buy a $300,000 house and do whatever to it? Can I sell it for 400? Yeah. If that subdivision doesn't really fit well with $400,000 houses, or if there's mm-hmm. only been a couple ever sold, then, you know, it's going to have to be the nicest house in the neighborhood yeah. in order to ever reach that goal. Yeah. Yeah. So like understanding the mechanics of where the buy and the sell is going to look like and what the potential is, where that, where that margin of room for improvement is. Um, should we take a call? I think we got a caller on the line. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that. But hey, this is a real podcast. We're real estate agents. So it, you know, the phone Can rings. we not add that in? Let's have calls for questions. It's not live. Never mind. Just ignore me. <laughs> this guy, this guy would totally call too. He's totally a house flipper kind of guy. Okay. Um, anyways. We'll have him on next time. <laughs> yeah. So let's, Okay, so we've kind of got the margin thing figured out and where the value of the realtor fits into that margin of, you know, buying, making profit, spending money, and then being able to sell it at, at, right. a, at a fair market value yeah. that's going to sell right away. One thing that I, I, I think has a lot of value is the good houses, the, the good flipper houses are usually the ones that have a problem, obviously, that nobody else is willing to tackle. Yeah. Like the good flips are not the ones that come on in one day and have 10 offers. And that they're just cosmetic fixes. Like right. we'll just put some paint mm-hmm. on this baby, maybe change a countertop here and there, and we're good to go. Yeah. The very best flips I've been involved in have been houses that have been on the market for an excessive period of time because the problem that that house has, that home has, 
is greater than what most of the amateur house flip guys or will- girls are willing to tackle. So give us an example of what a major problem would be that, su- that most people don't want to tackle. The first one that comes to light is a grow up. Mm-hmm. Most people do not want to tackle grow ups because mm-hmm. they have stigma that can never be swept clean, at least currently in our market. Right. I believe that will change, but for the current conditions that we are in in BC, that thing needs to be disclosed forever. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. one that nobody wants to touch. Um, another one is bad neighborhoods. There are people that are consistently looking for a house to flip in Sahali, mm-hmm. but there's such a demand for houses in Sahali. There's always someone ready to take one that's yeah. $5,000 under market value. And just because n- it's in Sahali. Just because it's in a great location, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The bad subdivisions, the, the icky neighborhoods, are the ones where there could be little gems sitting there that have a problem that a true house flipper can fix. Yeah. That's, that's what a house flip is. It's, there's a problem, there's a challenge with the property that you have the ability to fix. And Plus, if you can fix it efficiently, you can make money. I think you look at a flip that from that perspective, you win. So do you yeah. think that most flippers have a team with them or they're in there and doing that by themselves? I think the good ones have a team, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that you have to have a team. If you got all the components that you need in a team in you, you could probably pull it off. What are those components? You need to know where your money's coming from. So you need to have either a great mortgage broker, one that can be flexible with, um, with who, who they're sourcing money from. Like they may need to be able to dabble into private money at times. Okay. Because a house that has a problem is typically not something a bank wants to take on. Yeah. Right? Right. So a lot of cases, it's a short-term ownership of the property. Uh, you know, banks want to do long-term mortgages. They don't like issues. So private money is usually, is usually an option. Or mm-hmm. if they got a fat bank account, that works too. Yeah. Right? So you're going to have to have someone in there who's on your team that, that can get you the, the funds that you need, primarily, okay? You need a mechanic on your team. I always say that. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who can identify the problems quickly, like in a showing, can evaluate whether or not the main chunks of the property are salvageable or fixable. Uh, and I mean like foundation, like roof, electrical, mechanical, plumbing, HVAC systems, that, I mean, anybody can look online and figure out where the subdivision is and where the bad neighborhoods are and the good neighborhoods, yeah. you know, where that, where that links together. And I think any real estate agent should be able to do a really good job at figuring out, you know, here's the market value and here's what this subdivision will allow or what this specific house will allow. So that margin should be fairly easy to figure out. But you need to have somebody on your team that can figure that out or willing to do the work to do it. Right. So great real estate agent. Not a good one. A great one. <laughs> good thing we know a couple. <laughs> Got three sitting right here. Um, I think you need to be good at crunching numbers. I think you need like an accounting perspective um, to be able to like quickly calculate and create contingency for problems that are going to show up, there will be problems. There's always problems mm-hmm. that you can never foresee until you actually, you know, cut into a wall. Yeah, open a yeah. wall. Yeah. Or open up a ceiling. Or finally get access into a space that was previously unaccessible. Yeah. yeah. Right? The oops fund. 
the oops fund. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And I think that ties into like having a really good aptitude of what the house is structurally, mechanically. Yeah. I think you need the financial part perspective of that, right? Yeah. Like to be able to crunch numbers and be able to source. Here's my biggest weakness. If I'm standing in Home Depot and there's a product that I need, it's not so much the price. It's the, I can just grab this right now and I can get this project done. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to be, if you're going to be exceptionally well at sourcing your stuff, you need to be able to plan in the future. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, I know a guy that travels all the way to China every year for a major, um, um, convention where they were all the major manufacturers for a lot of the residential housing stuff display their upcoming components like their faucets and their taps and their toilets and their siding and their roofing materials and and new kinds of gyp rock and drywall and if you're there at that convention you can load up on stuff for really cheap and he'll put a sea can of items that he wants to use in his flips and he'll bundle it all up there and ship it back home and so he's getting He's getting like a, like $100,000 worth of stuff for half price that he brings back that he knows he's going to use yeah. in, a, in a flip. And it's just a matter of like, let's use this siding. I have X amount of it, right? right. And like I got four toilets that are matching. That's perfect for a, you know, a house with four bathrooms or yeah. you know, a retro, yeah. right? Can we do that? Totally can. Okay. China next year. Yeah? I'm coming. Right. Totally can. Let's yeah. book it. It's the biggest, the, the largest... Um, convention of like building supplies in the world and you literally show up there and like everybody's there all the big players are there yeah and they're loaded with inventory and so there's all kinds of show discounts and deals plus you're in another country you're paying like you're you're, you're getting a deal as it is and then you load it up into a sea can and you ship it home i like even it. buy sea cans at this event like they they know people are people shipping materials that. everywhere right they're so. just making no it way. easy for you they're, they're making just... it easy for you yeah they want your money too. Okay, now that's kind of an so, extreme. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that an extreme. You know, the topic. average everyday house flip is not going to you know utilize yeah. that. But I'm just saying that's one area that you can yeah. really, yeah. you know, yeah. save your money sourcing. there. Sourcing, S- sourcing, yeah. saving, saving money. Gotcha. Uh, being able to retrofit things and being creative. Yes. Right. So, like being able to see a problem, and then identify options to fixing that problem. And I'll give you an example. Um, Instead of like removing a wall to create daylight and open space, if it's a if you need an engineer to get involved, if you need electricians to get involved, maybe you cut a window in the wall to get the light and the appearance of openness. That that's just one example that I think like off the top of my head would be one of those creative ways of being able to effectively, mm-hmm. you know, get from point A to point B without spending money. Mm-hmm. You need to have a creative touch. Yes. You, totally. Okay. What's your thoughts? You go first. Uh, I honestly think it's all about your mindset and going in and, and not having that those emotional um, highs and lows. Yeah. And um, being able to go into that really, really crappy house and then not necessarily take it all the way where it is staged and beautiful and all the rest of it, but get it maybe halfway and it's good. The problems are fixed. It is absolutely move inable. Right. Is that a word? So that's a that's a Parker invented word. Move inable. <laughs> move inable. Yeah, thank you. And um, I like move and then go from there. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a good point. Like, if you can sell your flip to a house flipper, you've achieved it. You've won. 
Like you, getting, yeah. getting the problem fixed yes. that has stopped it from yeah. being sold originally. Yeah. Making money and maybe having a potential for the next guy to come in. I'll give you another example. Um, back in my inspector days, I remember this clearly. Um, a guy had purchased a property that honestly I thought was ready for the bonfire. And <laughs> his trade of expertise was siding. And the house was legitly looked crooked, like it had an addition mm -hmm. that the siding didn't line up. So what he did is he brought in someone to satisfy the engineering that the property was not actually crooked. The addition was square. It was just a really crappy addition. Mm -hmm. Gutted the interior of the house because there was like old carpet with feces and oh, it was God. disgusting. Okay. Yeah. And all he did was side and trim the property and left the interior completely gutted and then flipped it. Okay, the next guy who bought it was had the rest of the vision. Yeah, yeah. His vision wasn't to take it to like the marble palace because the neighborhood just didn't justify the price. Right. He purchased it, got it, got it through the problem area, which was like removing the deficiency from the average everyday eyeballs mm -hmm. and correcting the visual problem, which everybody driving by would just assume that house has got a settlement issue. Right. He corrected the main problem for a house that sat for 150, 60 days, and then it sold like in a, in a fire auction sale uh, when he was done, and he, he pulled his money out and won. Yeah, so that's a flip right there. So that's I think the important part is to be able to isolate the different issues. The or, problem. Or the problems. Yeah. Like the, how bad is this problem? How bad is that problem? And, and say, well, which one am I going to tackle? Yeah. Right. And, and then you budget around that. Right. And due diligence for every step of that way. You've got that business plan, due diligence all the way through, start to finish. Yep. You, you got to be careful in the areas that will that burn you. And again, yeah. that's where your real estate agent mm -hmm. has a play as big role is to be able to identify, okay, you want to do this, 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 and this. But if we go to sell this, you're going to be liable if you don't pull a permit on that. Right. Or yeah. you're going to be liable for the problem that you just tried to cover up, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you need that side of it to keep you, you know, keep you out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's always best. We want to stay out of trouble. Yeah. Everybody wants to be out of trouble. Yeah. Sexiest word in real estate. Flipping. Woo -woo. Can you uh, think of anything else? Something very important is, uh, I think Philippa mentioned it briefly. There is timeline. Oh, um, yeah. Literally just, <laughs> opened my mouth and pulled that word out. Yes. Yeah. I did that. Um, because you can't just say, I'll do this in the next six, eight months, 12, because the market is going to change. Yep. So you want to make sure that you have all that plan and it's going to happen as fast as it can happen. Yep. Every day that you're carrying a, a mortgage or private money um, or property taxes or you're financing your down payment and you're you know, all the materials that you pay for that, that costs money. Yeah. So you, you need to evaluate we're in this market and that's where we've perceived the, the sale to be. Mm -hmm. And so we need to get it done within that market period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, yeah. you could win by going slow. The market yeah. could go up, but that's just a, a gamble that you can't really bank on. Right. Um, the, the timeline is a really good one. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's another aspect we've kind of glazed over a little bit was most people, when they flip, they calculate the cost of materials as their cost of the flip, but they never include their own time. Labor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If they bring trades in, of course, the electrician charged me 1200 bucks to fix yada, yada, yada. 
So that's a cost, but I ran all the wire in lieu. Mm -hmm. I cut out $800 of, of cost for that electrician, but I didn't calculate that in my, you know, I'm into it for 35 and mm -hmm. I sold it for 80. Now I'm, that's where I'm up. Right. Mm -hmm. However, when we first talked about doing this podcast, I really wanted that to make a main point, but then I started thinking about it. The guy who's watching HDTV in the evenings and playing with a soccer ball on the weekends, if he's trading that time for doing a flip in the evenings and, and weekends, then I think he does make money from that because otherwise he would just be watching TV. Yeah. And playing soccer and not, on the and weekends. And watching someone else make the money. Yeah. Right. So I have split ideas on that. <laughs> if this is your trade, if this is your craft and you're doing it from nine to five, you need to calculate what that time is worth. Yes. If you're doing it extra curricular, then I think you're okay. <laughs> because you're consuming time that would otherwise been a, what, what, what's the word? Extracurricular. <laughs> <laughs> Emma and I look at each other like, what was that word? <laughs> You want to run this by that way? No, I think, I think I'm the ESL in the group. <laughs> hey, don't take that title uh, away from me. Uh, right. Parker, you're great. It's all good. So, there, so there's value in the evenings and weekends. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just wasting it anyways. How many people do you hear saying, I'm going to flip this. I know how to do that. That's where I save my money. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and he, yes, mm. if he does it from nine to five, but if he has a job and he's doing it in like you say, in his time off, yep. he's saving that money because sure. he's not asking someone to work from nine to five. Right. Yeah. But that kind of goes to mindset because yeah. you're in a mindset that if I'm on a salary paying job, then I make X to X between eight and five. And if I'm making any more money in my life, that's just bonus. But realistically, I mean, there's a whole podcast on how to, how to create your yearly income divided by all the hours in the day, mm -hmm. minus your sleep yes. hours. And for every moment you breathe, I make 42 cents an hour or whatever it may be. And then everything that you source out in your life needs to be, I could do it or I could charge it out and I'd be saving money. Yeah. Yes. And how many times did you hear saying, well, I did. I heard people saying, I know how to do that. That's where I'm going to save my money. And while they're doing it, they say, I should be paying myself for this. Right. So your mindset changes because now you're exhausted on the weekends, the yep. same as you were working from nine to five, but now you want to pay yourself because you're not watching TV or playing soccer. Right. So I feel that sometimes mindsets can change. I have no pity for being exhausted, by the way. You only live yeah. like 60, 80, 90, 100 years. Just freaking give her. Yeah. yeah. That's why I wake up at five. No rest until you're six feet under. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're tired, keep going, keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Holy, that's a dead space. <laughs> <laughs> that was very inspirational, though. I think we all had a second of thought there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were. Yeah. I got showing still 7:30 tonight. Okay. And 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 and. And, I have no sympathy for you. Work, work, work some more. Work some more. Work some more. <laughs> Okay, well, I think we covered a lot of good stuff there, and uh, I think there's value in that podcast to people that are maybe dabbling in the idea that they want to flip a house or even attempt the idea. Um, I think you could play the role. I think you could go out and buy something like a doghouse and flip that on Kijiji and use that as your, uh, as your learning tool in the process of flipping a house. Go do that. Why don't, why don't we do that? I think we should, we do, should it. do it. 
Flip a doghouse? Flip yeah, a doghouse. I'll looking and I can find something for us today. All right, maybe. Let's, let's chat more about it. Parker's evaluating the time right now. Yeah. How much do I need to be paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. And I remember I can't use the word I'm exhausted. You're not tired. <laughs> Another cup of coffee. Okay, stay tuned on the doghouse flip. Not sure yet. Let's think about that one. See ya.